0: Hello. It's great to see everybody tonight. Thank you for coming to the 13th annual Words for Birds. Uh bienvenidos a Palabras para Pájaros. Um I'm Marisol Cortez and this is Greg. This is Greg Harmon. And uh yeah, we're the co-editors of Deceleration. We're one of the three um uh, co-sponsors of this year's Words for Birds and um we're just we'll start in a few minutes with the program for now if y'all just want to let us know where you're you're reading or you're watching from that would be great
1: in New Jersey
0: mega Sud is from New Jersey I know Alicia is here in San Antonio who else is here Bernie Texas cool Rachel Jennings here in San Antonio as well Ooh, dye. Your eye makeup is like amazing. Thank you. Priscilla Keith Kinko from Austin, Texas. Awesome. San Antonio. I know Dwight Platt is up in uh, Kansas. We have Javier Fuentes from Santa Ana, El Salvador. Welcome. Welcome. I'm very excited for you to be here. We have Mali and Moby in San Antonio. Mali says Japan, but she's here too in San Anto. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I'm gonna open with a little poem for you. And then I'm gonna say, I can say more about the event. Um, This is called, At the Bird Church. If you watch something long enough with reverence. You will want to write it down, to capture it somehow before it is gone or you are. How the smaller, dun-colored hummers can seem to share a feeder fine, but when arrives the one with black head, bib of white, dull necklace of deep plum that startles violet in sunlight, like amethyst corsage pinned to collar, the others scatter quick, chittering away like little dolphins of the sky. All right, so welcome again to uh, Words for Birds. This is a celebration and cry for protection of winged relatives broadcast here on the west side of San Antonio, Texas. And uh, like I said, deceleration is one of three organizations that is uh, putting Words for Birds together. The other two are Stone in the Stream or Roca en el Río, Environmental Writers and Artists Group. And then we also have Mitchell Lake Audubon Center, uh, who's gonna be doing the, they're running the tech to, for tomorrow's event, Sunday at 2 p.m. So um, check out the reading tomorrow as well. And I'll post a link of, of where you can sign it to do that. Uh, Mitchell Lake is actually where the event is usually held. Um, and if you've been there, you know that it's the city's former sewage sludge pond. And now is an urban nature, urban nature sanctuary that attracts lots of birds because they like uh, they like sewage, they like wastewater treatment. Um, and so in that way, it's always been a reading that's not just about birds, but it's always been um, with birds, among birds, um, to birds. Uh, and so for that reason, the pandemic has posed particular challenges. Um, last year we produced a zine instead of having an in-person gathering and, um, Let me. uh, I can post the link there if if y'all haven't had a chance to see it. It, It's free, available digitally online, at Deceleration. Um, So check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, This year we thought we would try an online event, and we actually had such a um, an enthusiastic response to our call for readers that we ended up making two events. We split the. We had 25 people sign up to read, so we split those in two and then so there's this one tonight and then tomorrow is at two uh, also online and that one tomorrow is going to be emceed by the fabulous Jim LaVilla Haviland who is one of the co-founders of Words for Birds Um, so he'll be be there on site at Mitchell Lake and he'll he'll be hosting uh, and reading as well. Um, In some ways moving online has been a good thing because we have been able to get folks reading from all over. Uh, not just in San Antonio, so that's really cool. And we're also hoping, although uh, it's difficult, I know, that with bandwidth, um, if, if you are able to read from outside, uh, from your backyard, your front yard, from the park, uh, wherever you engage with birds, like that would be really cool too. Um, so let's go ahead and get started um, to open. I just want to recognize that we do occupy native land. Yaganawena is the name for the lands around the San Antonio River uh, in the language of the Estocna or the Carizo Comicrudo tribe of Texas, and Yanawana is the Spanish pronunciation um, that's used by those who identify as Coviltecos, Co- um, which is also the Spanish name for the region that was inhabited by hundreds of bands and clans and kinship networks uh, that were here before Spanish colonization. Um, And so I want to open with um, Masayuki, because I wanna recognize that the descendants of these peoples are still here uh, with original relationships to the birds native to this place. Um, And so to help us open is Masayuki and Guadalupe Lagunas Jimenez, who are here um, tonight watching. And Masayuki is a Coelteco elder who was raised near the Alazana Pache creeks on the west side which are just down the street from where we are Um, and he's had a relationship with the birds here all his life and has devoted the last 30 years to studying them and using that knowledge ceremonially as a builder and a a fixer of fans used during ceremony to summon the energy of of the birds. Uh, He's a roadman in the Native American church and his wife Lupita is also a healer um, so this is a prayer that he and Lupita recorded for this event, for tonight, as an opening. And you'll hear him mention the, mentioned the red-tailed hawk. Um, I think that is what's flying behind me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bird that you can see right here in San Antonio if you're lucky. Uh, I've seen some downtown. I've seen some um, flying over the river. They're beautiful birds. Uh, he also, you'll hear him mention the macaw from farther south in Central America. And then the condor um, from f- farther south from South America. And so it's also a prayer that invokes the prophecy of the eagle and the condor, um, which is uh, a lot of original peoples of this hemisphere, say, you know, is this this coming of, of uh, unification of the nations of the north and the south. Um, to bring about a new era of indigenous unity and ecological sanity. So may their words and all our words tonight play a tiny part in calling forth this new world that we need. Um, Con respeto, here is Masayuki and Guadalupe Lagunes Jimenez.
2: If you wish to join the prayer, all you have to do is close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and let the eagle take you. We summons your child self. We summons the child within you. For now we summons the red eagle. We know him and her is the red tail hawk. Join the colorful macaw. Sure the condor. Soar with the condor. Soar with the condor. He is el pájaro viejo.
3: the
4: sun,
2: that we're all children of our sacred mother.
0: Thank you so much to Masayuki and to Lupita for that prayer and for opening up uh, Words for Birds with that, just a way to remind us and to center us. Um, And thank you, Mega, for your comments as well. Um, So yeah, thank you to all. Um, I want to call up to the mic next, Dai, Diana Rios. Where are you with your fabulous eye makeup?
5: Hi everyone. I have three uh, feathery poems for you tonight. This first one was uh, published in last year's Words for Birds Easing that you can still um, see online on the deceleration website. This is Whooping Crane. Wrestling in the riparian, a rare whooping crane claims this beach and the coastal plains. This is her land a hundred miles wide through the sand, she strolls with pride. This is her bay to hunt and pray. I cannot say how long she'll stay. This is her home, I saw her nest. I hope she finds some time to rest. The envy of egrets, she stands so tall. I wonder where else she's going this fall. I folded paper cranes to hide love poems within, hoping she'll migrate back to me again. And this next one is uh, Friendship Birds. Friendship is a field for my friends and I, and we've sworn that the earth will never die. The bonds we've grown with the seeds we've sown are greater than all the others I've known. Friendship is a ship that sometimes sinks in time, but the one we ride sails just fine. The stories we share as we journey everywhere were as bright and lively as the ocean air. There are many storms throughout the many seas, but nothing enough to break their friendship with me. Friendship is flying through the brightest sky and no one could bring us down if they tried. We saw the silver lining of every color of cloud and together we've gotten others off the ground. Friendship is a flock that I can't live without, fellow birds of a feather I wouldn't dare to pluck out. Whether we are on the ground, ocean or sky, we'll be friends forever as time passes us by. And this last one um, celebrates and honors another uh, endangered bird. This is the golden-cheeked warbler. Behold in the beauty of a central Texas sunset, listen for the sound of the golden-cheeked warbler song. (laughs) If I were that bird, I wonder how I would live if my life were only a few years long. What's it like to take flight and coast with the breeze, only stopping for snacks in the juniper trees? I wonder if a diet of insects would help me cut down on calories. What's it like to take flight without booking through the airlines? What's it like to not to worry about taxes, spreadsheets or deadlines? What if I left my home like this bird every winter, Mexico or bust and leave not a trace in the central Texas dust? The population dwindles low and I do not know the species fate but maybe i too can be a golden cheek warbler and live more carefree before it's too late. Thank you.
0: Oh, i love that. I love that performance. I love like hearing it and not just reading it on the page, but the the bird sounds and i just yeah, thank you so much. Dai. That was beautiful. Thank you. All right. So next up we have Rita Maria Contreras. All right.
6: Okay. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> My name is Rita Maria Contreras. I am a painter, a visual artist, and um, I have a letter that I wrote to the councilpersons Ana Sandoval and uh, Councilman Roberto Trevino, which I'm going to read. Um, This uh, was this past February. So, honorable councilpersons Sandoval and Trevino and staff. The noise and lights which are being used to frighten away egrets from Woodlawn Lake also frighten all but the most adaptable birds. When we now have mallards and coots, scissor tails and night herons, only Egyptian geese, pigeons and grackles will remain. Please leave habitat for our wildlife at Woodlawn Lake Park. (laughs) The noise, the excessive removal of cattails, the harmful pruning of the largest and lowest branches from cypress trees around the shoreline takes away suitable habitat. Instead, plant native riparian plants, which act as water filters, like cattails. Plant understory trees and shrubs which provide habitat for Cardinals and American Red starts. All these species have been seen at the park over the years. Perhaps the benign neglect of the park was beneficial to wildlife. If pandemic taught us anything, it is that we need the outdoors more than ever. We need green spaces, places that are as wild as an urban area will allow. We can do it. This fair city treats Salado Creek and the San Antonio River corridors as wild places, planting native plants and ridding the area of invasive species. If we want to keep our neighborhood viable, and our city as well, we need to clean the lake water and the water in all the watersheds with biofiltration plants and perhaps aerators. We need to allow native wildlife a place to thrive. We we can continue to allow Woodlawn Lake to be nothing other than a drainage area for the city, or we can treat it like the wild place it could be with the right environmentally sound care,
1: not just management,
6: but care. There is room for wildlife and for humans at Woodlawn Lake Park. So I am happy to report that we have since met with Councilwoman Vault just this past Saturday. And our group is the Woodlawn Lake Echo Alliance. And we are optimistic that we can have good outcomes for our area and for our city.
0: Thank you all very much. Thank you so much, Rita Maria, and all of, and everybody with the Woodland Lake Eco Alliance uh, for doing this work. Um, it's been an issue that several people will probably touch on throughout this event of the city harassing uh, migratory birds specifically, but in the process, getting making all the birds <laughs> leave <laughs> and the park are important to our neighborhood. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited that you took that action. I'm glad that we could have not only poetry, but also political statements and song and prayer also. all part of the same uh, protect, protection, you know, that we're calling for. Thank you.
6: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Yes. Um, okay, next up we have Eddie Vega. Hi,
7: everyone. Uh, I just have uh, three little poems to share. Uh, the first one is a short poem that I think is the reason why um, I got invited here. Is I wrote this little poem uh, to um, right before National Poetry Month. I wonder if birds count beats on their internal music sheets between chirps and short, short songs, or if they just sing whenever they feel the necessity to express their natural virtuosity all morning long. Um, so that's one. And then this one is one that I was looking in my book for, but apparently didn't make it into my book. So I don't know. I think maybe it's because I, I decided to put it in another book, um, but I always love the C'est uh, Sommelé. And I prefer that name than the other name. And that's what this is about called Letter to a Bird That Doesn't Mock. Dear Sensotle, I'm sorry. I blame it on the white man. Don't worry, he's used to it. I don't think he really knew you or understood you. He saw that you used other birds' calls and thought you were mocking them. Landscape artists don't create hills and valleys. They interpret the landscape. Photographers don't create nature. They show you what they see. Do you need to write your own songs to be an artist? Elvis and Frank didn't write their own songs, but would anyone say they mocked those that did? I think the Nahuatl-speakers knew you best, Mr. Zinsotle, balladeer of the dawn. They knew you, understood your vocation, heard the voice from your silver feathers and assigned your nom de plume, the bird of 400 songs. And then this last little one, uh, I wrote it for a friend of mine who uh, broke his arm. And um, anyhow, it's called Broken Wing. From squawking to strutting, pecking to plucking, and taking occasional flights of fancy, there wasn't a whole lot that bird couldn't do except flip. And it wasn't because he couldn't handle the vulgarity. Instead, induced lack of agility meant that bird was better at tripping than flipping so he broke a wing, and broken wings don't get crutches, don't get sympathy, don't get a newfound energy to do anything else, but heal. Growing stronger than before, that bird learned a lesson about life, about flipping, about being careful, because in this world, you gotta keep yourself from tripping. But when it happens, you just get up, mend that wing, and go back to flying, soaring to new destinations, guided by constellations, leaving a trail of feathers so the littler birds can follow. Thank you.
0: Awesome, Eddie. Thank you so much. I'm hoping that that second poem is going to come out in a in a chapbook or a collection mm-hmm. soon.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: That was really badass. Um, the next person we have up is Javier Fuentes Vargas.
8: Hola, hola. Se me escucha. Sí, sí está bien. Eh, bueno, eh, uh, sorry for my bad English and my reading is in Spanish. Concepcion. Anoche, la rama fue un espectáculo, amanece miedo. Cinco epigramas para conocer la lluvia. Uno, donde todo se moja, nace el deseo de tener sed. Dos. Que no sea sorpresiva la tempestad, solo bastan las dos manos de un niño para cunar una tormenta. 3. La lluvia deja un millar de espejos, sobre todos ellos se ve lo importante, la transición de nuestras vidas, todo eso que ocurre mientras vamos de un lugar a otro. 4. El tendido eléctrico se llenó de pájaros. 5. Al final, no siempre hay un arco iris. A veces queda recoger escombros, otras, buscar a quien nos hace falta. Pero hay algo que nunca se humide, el olor que la tierra desprende agradecido. Esta tarde, invité a un pájaro a mi casa. Abrí la ventana como quien decida adentrarse a un país desconocido. Encendí las luces para que la noche no ganara terreno desde las esquinas. Ahogué el sueño preguntándome sobre la posibilidad de construir nidos con los escombros de mi casa. Exilio. El exilio es una bestia de tres cabezas que custodia las puertas de este infierno. Adentro hay una guerra que no me permite amar los caminos de regreso. Desde aquí solo puedo llorar lágrimas ajenas comprar años para no regresar muerto y la lengua con la palabra infancia y enviar palomas en busca de tu puerta decirte que estoy en un lugar donde espero no morir sin conocer el odio y para terminar no country for old men uno busco la plaza la fuente el árbol eso es la aparente en realidad Busco los ojos de un perro hambriento, el deseo que hay detrás de la moneda en el fondo del agua, el pájaro que, boja, que baja al suelo, no en busca de semillas, sino de mis manos. Dos. Dañé mis manos vuelta a barro antes que los pájaros bajasen a buscar entre ellas una piadosa muerte. No soportaría ahogar el canto ni la danza conmovida. Las estaciones no están hechas para mis años, Ya no puedo soñar con la plenitud del vuelo de las palomas, solo con mis manos alrededor de los cuellos, como buscando arrebatar la vacuidad de sus ojos, que me recuerdan tanto la inocencia perdida. La inocencia es lo único que verdaderamente se extraña. Si la vejez no es una nueva infancia, es una calle que transita sin querer la vida, que espera sin querer la muerte. Thank you.
0: Muchas gracias, Javier. That was beautiful. All right. So at this time, we're going to take a little break. Um, well, not a break because we're going to watch something really cool. But if you need to stand up and you need to stretch or or whatever, uh, we're going to show a PSA. Um, y'all know Moby Warren. Uh, she actually uh, organized Words for Birds with Jim for many, many years before I stepped in a couple years ago. She's a poet. She's a citizen scientist. She is a... Uh, climate change activist. Um, She's a mathematician, a math teacher, a retired math teacher. Um, But she also is a storyteller and a puppeteer. Uh, And she's been working on a lot of puppets and and sketches over the pandemic. And so uh, she did one for an upcoming event called the City Nature Challenge. And so this is some some of her work.
9: Oh, hello. My name is Neoman. I've been spending all afternoon outside here in San Antonio, Texas, my home, taking photos to learn all about the animals and plants that live all around me, right in my own backyard. And then I upload those photos onto the iNaturalist app on my phone, and I learn about the names and their habits. And, oh, I learned so much. Just within a mile or two of my house, I can find over a hundred different species. Let me tell you, I'm really getting excited about the CNC coming up again in April. Last year, I took about 120 photos of insects and birds and plants, all kinds. And then I uploaded them onto and I think I identified over 70 different species. But I plan to do even more this year. CNC. Oh, you'd like to see some of the photos I took today? Well, sure. Here, let me get closer so you can have a better look at my phone. Here, I'm going to put on a little slideshow for you. Oh, hello, sleepy arm. Why, hello, Cooksinello, sir, Lady Beetle. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Oh, yes, I've found so much nectar. (laughs) I've been crunching on aphids. Ah, yes, you are not a vegan like me. Did you encounter that human girl that is always out with her camera? I did, and I tried to give her my very best profile so she could get a good photo. Yeah, I tried doing the same. But did you hear? She kept singing a song like, CNC, CNC, I can hardly wait for the CNC. I did, she seemed very excited about it. I know, but what is the CNC? Well, I really don't have any idea. But you know what I was thinking? She's a human who loves learning about plants and animals, and she seems especially fond of insects. Yeah, the best, right? So I'm thinking maybe C and C has something to do hmm, with plants and animals. Maybe it stands for Copper Lily Northern Mockingbird. Call your teal. Hmm, C and C. Oh, how about this? Click beetle, no Pop, cow pen daisy, my favorite. Uh, yeah. How about cardinal, nighthawk, Carolina chickadee? Oh, my goodness. But which one of those is the C and C that that human is singing about? I have no idea. Well, did you enjoy my slideshow? You know, sometimes when I'm observing little insects, I almost feel like I can understand what they're saying to each other. This may sound ridiculous to you, but I just came across a a lady beetle and a sleepy orange butterfly and it seemed to me that they were listing all kinds of other creatures and plants and they all began with the letters C and C. Hmm, wonder if they're part of the City Nature Challenge. (laughs) City Nature Challenge. I hope you'll join me in April. Bye.
0: That's so awesome, Moby. (laughs) She has a lot of, uh, she's been doing a lot of, uh, uh, she has been with chicharras and all kinds of other little creatures. So um, thank you, Moby, for letting us run that uh, for Words for Birds. And next up, we have Alicia Garlock, um, who, like Rita Maria, is also somebody who has been um, an advocate for the migratory birds. In San Antonio Parks. And so she's gonna talk a little bit about uh, some of the issues she's seen and show some of her photography. She's also a photographer. Um, so, Alicia, if you could come up, please.
3: Oh, okay, I was all like, huh. Uh, my name is Alicia Garlock. I am a citizen scientist, uh, photographer, bird watcher. I've advocated for the migratory egrets and herons over the last five years. Observing the what they call habitat modification, which in the true sense is just destruction of habitat, uh, removing trees and vegetation. Uh, use of pyrotechnic explosives, uh, a lot of not nice things to try to get rid of the birds, uh, the city's plan to get rid of them out of, or to get out them out of all city parks seems rather far-fetched, but uh, they they are going to try, and so I fight them every year, uh, trying to bring awareness um, to the beauty of the birds, the fact that they migrate hundreds, if not thousands of miles to San Antonio, and there is an education option there, if they would just take the time to educate the public on how far these birds come, and that some of them are on the state's conservation action plan uh, listed as species of greatest conservation need. The state receives federal funding to protect those species and their habitats that they use. So it's an ongoing, um, ongoing issue. I wrote a poem that I wanna share with you. It is called Cattle Egret Feather. I am a cattle egret feather, delicate and light. I fly through places that might offer invite, collecting contaminants as I take flight. Dark spots on my wings, they make me a fright. If only you would listen to aid in my plight, my feather a true pollution delight. Foresight I offer to bring some insight, my feather a message from nature to thee. Take heed, my friend, for you are the key. In soil, in water, in the air that we breathe, my feather a warning that's meant to ignite. So please take a moment before chasing me away and look to my presence, a type of stop light. My cattle eager feather is nothing but forthright. It points to a future that only you can rewrite. And I received information on that through my friends uh, the Missouri department of conservation that says cattle egrets tend to accumulate waterborne pollutants in their feathers so they may provide a way to gauge environmental pollution in some areas Uh, i put together a video a short video that marisol will play for you again if you would like to know anything of uh, what i've observed and documented over the last five years in regards to the egrets and herons, uh, you can reach out to me um, through Marisol. Uh She can share my email. And um, I hope that everyone uh, can appreciate that we have birds here and to remember that the biggest threat to migratory birds and really any birds or wildlife is a disturbance to their habitat by humans. And only we can make a change to that or to stop it.
0: Thank you so much, Alicia. And I'm going to show her video she put together because she's um, where did it go? She's a citizen scientist who's been documenting, you know, the numbers of the birds, how many are coming through our parks. My, you know, the herons, egrets of various kinds. Um, but then she also uh, is a very amazing photographer, and so this is a slides, a slideshow that she put together of some of her photography.
3: I love birds. According to Dr. Daniel Cox, birds around the home and nature in general show great promise in preventative healthcare, making cities healthier, happier places to live. Each spring, egrets and herons migrate here to nest. You can find these along with many other birds throughout the city. These are a few of my favorite photographs. species now than ever before. The world is on notice as a major United Nations report shows one million species face extinction unless action is taken. Remember, we hold their future in our hands. Get out and enjoy the birds and thank you.
0: Thank you so much for that, Alicia. Um,
1: So next we have Kamala Platt. OK, thanks, Marisol and Greg and everyone for your wonderful words and images. Um, and this follows very nicely with Elise's um, piece, I think. You can imagine some of the birds that she showed you as you're listening to my piece. Um, and it's not, it's, well, you can decide whether it's a poem or what. But the title is a question. Y'all can hear me OK? OK. San Antonio, that's not the question. <laughs> San Antonio, can we be both military city and bird city? An epigraph from colleague Ben Olguin begins my Words of Birds piece. In his book, The Ben describes a revel- revelatory moment during ROTC training. As I took a knee, careful to keep the load balanced, even though all I wanted to do was throw it off, the air immediately thickened with individual bird chirps that soon became a series of lilting sharp whistles, then songs, a whole orchestra of different colored miniature musicians unleashed and ecstatic. I laid silent, weighted down by the metal framed rucksack staring up at the bow of pine needles, the reassuring sounds of birds all around. Beautiful, yeah, this would be beautiful if not for all this shit. Bird Island, named generations back by local community, was the long time home to a heronry. For decades, it had been an ecological cultural fixture in Elmendorf Lake Park as a nesting ground for migratory egrets, herons, and cormorants. A cypress and other native trees held stick platform nests that were renovated each year. Bonnie, quit. Oh, sorry. I'm sure you can hear the dog. In league with displacement war that only hastens chaotic climate injustices in communities, ecosystems, and habitats worldwide, Local plans to eliminate San West Westside heronry developed by the city's military affairs office and parks department and the USDA wildlife services were delayed in February 2019 by bird by eggs in a great egret nest. After most birds had fledged habitat destruction and pyrotechnic gun and noise harassment were carried out beginning in December. Even under pandemic stay-at-home orders, when migratory birds returned in spring uh, 2020, mitigation maneuvers spread to the San Antonio River near the Blue Star. Um, Are you hearing me? Because I'm not seeing my, okay. I'm not seeing my face, but anyway. (laughs) Bonnie, oh, let me read the poem, okay? I'll let you bark at the end, okay? <sighs> Sorry. Um, again this year, habitat has been removed in BRAC and noise mitigation signs have gone up at Elmendorf and near, nearby Woodlawn Lake. The USDA and COSA have a three-year plan to chase migratory birds from city parks, even as San Antonio has been declared bird-friendly city. I documented Bird Island's final, for now, nesting year and the island denuded of nests and flora in an art piece exhibited in Emotional Numbness, the Impact of War on the Human Psyche and Ecosystems, an exhibit in Tehran, Iran, and online, sponsored by the Women Echo Artists Dialogue, or WEED. Thus, I have been thinking about the significance of emotional numbness in the wake of war. In San Antonio's activist circles and neighborhoods, a kind of numbness exists, not paralysis because we are still in rapid motion, rather a numbness that protects against the debilitation but does not allow for much resolution or healing. In Mexican-American literature, Place of Herons is where the people who migrated to Mexico City came from Hence, for many of us, Bird Island accentuates the cross-continental ecocultural connections we share with Mexico. Showing San Antonio's egret summer pachanga photo in Tehran made my dismay at U.S. war making more intimate. There were literal threats of U.S. bombing during the exhibit's time span, and I feared my own feelings if... Platform three, the studio that held my artwork had been harmed by my country. Bird Island's demise exists in the crosshairs of diminished transparency, accountability, and disrespect. Legacies of a colonialist dominated past and harbingers of future climate chaos and environmental injustices to come despite hard work by activists and Buena Gente. For some of us, Bird Island represents our center core is behind us and in front of us. We live it. Bird Island is, after all, Atslan. Yet, we shall not be moved. The song and drum from a climate justice rally at Main Plaza wafts over to the west side and egrets flock in the skies like galaxies once again. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Kamala. Always powerful. And I, I knew I wanted to put you and Alicia together um, because of the some, you know, the overlaps of what y'all work on and write about. Thank you. Next we have Laura Schultz. Laura, are you here?
10: Yes, I am. I am here. Thank you. Um, so I'm a, a teacher and an artist and I'm kind of making a little bit of a late uh, life arrival to poetry but um, I'm delighted to be here. I wanted to share two poems by um, two, two authors that just really inspired me um, and then actually I the think I'm going to do is, is share one and then share my response to that poem um, pardon me if it's a little dark because, but I think it kind of goes along with the theme here tonight. Um, the poem was originally written um, by David Wagner, okay, and it was written uh, quite about a while ago, but it's called The Author of American Ornithology, Sketches of Bird, Now Extinct. So here we go. When he walked through town... The wing shot bird he'd hidden inside his coat began to cry like a baby, high and plaintive and loud as the calls he's heard while hunting it in the woods. And good wives stared and scurried indoors to guard their own from harm. And the innkeeper and the good men in the tavern asked him whether his child was sick, then laughed slapped knees and laughed as he unswaddled his prize his pride and his burden an ivory-billed woodpecker as big as a crow still wailing and squealing upstairs when he let it go in his workroom it fell silent at last He told at dinner how devoted masters of birds drawing from the life must gather their flocks around them with a rifle and make them live forever inside books. Later, he found his bedstead covered with plaster and the bird clinging beside a hole in the wall, clear through to already splintered weatherboards and the sky beyond. While he tied one of its legs to a table leg, it started wailing again. And it went on wailing as if towards cypress groves while the artist drew and tinted on fine vellum, its red cockade, gray claws and sepia eyes from which a white edge flowed to the lame wing like light flying and ended there in blackness. He drew and studied for days, eating and dreaming fitfully through the dancing and loud drumming of an ivory bill that refused pecans and beetles, chestnuts, and sweet sour fruit of magnolias, riddling his table, slashing his fingers, wailing. He watched it die, he said, with great regret. So I read that poem and I felt such incredible sadness over that um, having been like knowing that so many illustrators from the early 1800s had um, done such beautiful artwork about birds, but knowing that the birds died as a result of that. Um, So the more I thought about it, the more I started getting... um, pretty angry about it. And so I decided that I was going to write a response and I kind of had a surrealistic imagine, imagined uh, kind of like what it would be like if the woodpecker could have revenge. So I wrote um, kind of the response to that and it goes like this. The ivory-billed woodpecker extinguishes Alexander Wilson. When the woodpecker flew over the backyard, The terrified man it had stuffed under its wing began to yowl like an alley cat, scared and angry and loud as the traffic horns heard while flitting around the city. And squirrels startled and scurried up the pecan trees to get a front row seat. And the grackles and the morning doves socializing in the trees asked whether its prey was scared, then cackled flapped their wings and cackled as he stuffed his prize into the nest. His pride and burden? An ivory-pated man, as big as an ego, still terrified and sobbing. Inside the dim of the nest where he was let go, the man fell silent for a time. The woodpecker hammered at its offspring about how birds must survive, and sometimes must gather the flocks together and fight back against guns and traps and the faux immortality of taxidermy and drawings. Later, the woodpecker found the man creeping towards the opening of the nest, squeezing under the rough wood chips, hoping to fall clear through the bark of the branches and land on the ground below. When the woodpecker impaled one of his legs with its beak, the man started sobbing again. And he went on sobbing as if for his mother while the baby birds learned how to peck at his skin, his pale belly, his useless fingers and his leaking eyes from which tears flowed to the, tame, the lame leg like the blood also flowing and ended there in a blackening foot. The birds fed and amused themselves for days, pecking mercilessly through the writhing, the loud gasping of a human being that refused to believe himself reduced to a form of entertainment. Wriggling in the nest, beaks drumming on his fingers, heart bleeding. The birds watched him die with no regret. so i wanted to read one more and this one's considerably happier um this is a poem by mary oliver and uh she's quite well known i'm sure to many of you but and you've probably heard this poem many times but i just found it um such a joyful um, just just a very joyful poem about um the kingfisher The kingfisher rises out of the black wave like a blue flower. In his beak, he carries a silver leaf. I think this is the prettiest world. So long as you don't mind a little dying, how could there be a day in your whole life that doesn't have its splash of happiness? There are more fish than there are leaves on a thousand trees. And anyway, the kingfisher wasn't born to think about it or anything else. When the wave snaps shut over his blue head, the water remains water. Hunger is the only story he has ever heard in his life that he could believe. I don't say he's right, neither do I say he's wrong. Religiously, he swallows the silver leaf with its broken red river and with a rough and easy cry I couldn't rouse out of my thoughtful body if my life depended on it. He swings back over the bright sea to do the same thing, to do it as I long to do something, anything, perfectly. Thank you very much.
0: All right. That was awesome all around. Oh, my God. I was having a lot of complicated thoughts about with the response poem, just like the indifferences that like humans and nature have for each other, like the different indifferences, right?
10: Exactly, exactly. Kind of like realizing that if nature were, if birds were in charge, they would not be particularly sympathetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, wow. Okay, thank you yeah. for, for reading your your work. Thank um, you for letting me share. For sure. All right, so next we have Mega Sood. Mega, please step up to the mic. Uh,
11: hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mega Sood, and I am a poet, writer, editor based in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, thanks, Marisol, for making me part of Words for Words uh, even today. And today I'm gonna be sharing three of my short poems. The first one is called Nobody Knows What the Raven Says nobody knows what the raven says silence curled in the twisted bough of the old oak tree serving as home for the ravens the mendicant lives of soul-carrying birds they never knew how harsh are their cries how loneliness is deeply seeded in those cause piercing the heart of the summer skies as it bleeds into the horizon loneliness cutting through the winds grazing your skin, losing the tourniquet as the sound passes through your ears, bringing out the pain you never realized you have. Nobody knows what the raven says, an intricate puzzle of pain and soliloquy. The second poem I'm gonna be reading is called uh, Solidarity in Grief. This day is pregnant with the thought of you packing your belongings and going far away. Love doesn't need borders and can't be confined, I always say. And here, and yet here I am, laughing at the atrocity of life, where we nurture this ethereal feeling deep in our crevices, the wedges between our heart glued by love, and we rip it open again and again, pulling the scabs to feel the life, to see the one we love, go, and like the cardinal sitting on the frail branches of the tree, pickled with snow, its languid arms soaked in the separation of its last leaf, the bird's heart crimson with pain, of the sun dying at dusk, its head lowered, bowed down, almost in genuflection, as I see you go, far, far away. And the last poem I'm gonna be reading is from the freshly published anthology, Pause, Healing the Earth. And it's by the River Paw Press. And uh, I'm honored to share the space with uh, Robert Pinsky, who's the US Poet Laureate. And the third poem I'm reading is called The Blue Eye of the Magpie. Hope lives in the blue eye of that magpie. Twittering each August, the beliefs dissolve riding on the molten sun rays, rubbed by the laughter of the gentle wind, hidden in the thick canopy of the trees of that mighty oak standing for eons, hiding the pain in its thick branches, where all pain has been knotted in its trunk so deep. Giving sustenance to the tangling vines, embracing the strong arms of the oak, a reflection of hope. A bird's song is broken into million pieces, a lost serenade. The empty nest with the broken egg says it all, and the oak stands mighty tall, a mute spectator. Pain is hidden in the blue eye of that magpie, carried by the broken leaves of the fall. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Thank you, Mega. That was beautiful. I loved the... um. I had started to write down crimson with pain and the idea of the the tree being knotted also with pain, but then the bird song shattering that that's like amazing. Thank you. And congrats on the anthology. All right. Um, Next up, we have Norma Jean Moore.
4: I am not a poet and I'm enjoying hearing all this original work. I am a painter, and uh, I love poetry, and many times the titles of my paintings are coming from lines I find in poetry that seem to express um, the sentiment that I want the painting to, to bear. I'm going to read also a piece by Mary Oliver, and I was introduced to The American Poet, Mary Oliver by Moby Warren. And this um, poem really spoke to me. And I hope that by reading it, I will um, have, there will be a seed that will land in someone's heart that will continue to share the poem. So the poem is wild, wild geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for hours across the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of rain are moving across the landscapes, across the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese harsh and exciting over and over announcing your place in the family of things thank you mary oliver
0: that was great that was a really great reading you really captured that poem so well thank you thank you yeah and last Uh, At least on our list, but then I think we have an open mic reader who wants to step up. Um, But uh, next we have Odilia Galvan Rodriguez. Odilia, are you here?
12: Hi. Yes, I'm here. Okay, I have uh, three poems. Thank you uh, so much to um, Marisol and Greg and uh, all the poets who have read and the people who have shared. Um, It's been really beautiful. This one's called The Birds and the Trees. She climbs, touches mesquite sky, spies with eyes twinkling strong. She finds stars to wish on. In those trees where she's laughed and cried, wrote letters to her heart, where she dreamt her life story and sang strong love songs. Sensontle, little bird who sings big, sweet songs to soothe us. Bird of 400 voices, you see souls. Nightingale, you sing river songs. You, the rock, the water, take us back to ancient times where we can wonder. La sana artiera santa, soul voices. Love your trees. Sing with migratory birds who hold, who hold northern tunes. We sache tree of mourning doves, who bring peace and soothing, a reminder to forgive, so that we can move on. This one's called "For the Birds," a cacophony, a loud bird awakening, crash through my through my dreams door. Black winged town criers scare the sun right out of the dawn. Compete with the roosters, neighbor. The neighbor's baby talks by imitating bird coos content in her nest. Our sanates sit high up in the pecan trees, dreaming siestas. And this one's called, The Birds and the Trees. So many mornings of grackles calling, hope from our mesquite trees, Mornings mornings of mesquite trees, dropping their long fingered pods. Ancestors would gather for food, Mesquite pods bursting and becoming new seeds, for more kneeling trees to bloom, seeds being carried in morning doves beak, a promise of new life. New green plant life carries the same DNA of all Earth's children, we who can fly in our dreams. Freedom is in the wind, strong south Texas winds call the Censontles to huddle together in the huisaches your flowers, beauty, an orange storm that lilts in the wind, like all those migratory birds going south. Migratory birds who rest in the ancient oak trees, who share their stories. Oak trees are, are mighty standing ones in all their wisdom and majesty. Thank you. I love that and and you actually have a a whole book that's about migratory birds right um that's the title of it it's called migratory birds new and noted poems and it's because a lot of the uh, because my family were were migrant farm workers but also because a lot of my poems do have birds all the time in them so yeah. yeah thank you amazing thank you
0: and lastly uh molly if you're still here and you are uh
10: you yeah, know, we had a friend motivate inspired by this reading to write a poem uh, here with us tonight and was hoping to read. So
13: yes.
4: Molly, yeah, there's
10: Molly.
13: Thank <laughs> you. That was so uh, inspiring. It was just it was so peaceful, everything um, that I just made this up right now. This is what all of y'all did. <laughs> um, y'all were just so awesome and great. OK. Um, the massive vulture birds, I don't know your real names, but all of your, but wait, I don't know your real names. These massive vulture birds are, are, but are, ah, sorry. <laughs> see, y'all are so great. I felt intimidated and I, I messed up. Okay. <laughs> the massive vulture birds, I don't know your real names are, but I know when I see you fly in groups of four or five, I know somewhere death is near. So I pause. And say a prayer for whatever life is being released to you for lunch or dinner, I suppose. Little red bird with black military style markings. I know when you appear, they say when you appear randomly before me, I know it's the loved ones long past coming down to remind me they are still thinking of me. What a special red bird to be used by people who become angels after life on earth to the flying rats of Travis Park. You are getting more and more picky with the kind of bird you eat nowadays when I see you all. You don't really eat just anything like people say. I'm so sorry that people shoot stuff in the air to evict you all from your trees. It's the cruel politicians. They seem to not like you, like they don't like your neighbors living in the streets because they kick them out too. Next time I see you, I promise, I will bring GMO free bread um, from Trader Joe's. And to the blackbirds that make that call call sounds, my mommy told me when I was little, she knows how you came to be. She told me dinosaurs are not extinct, that all you shrank so small and they fly now. She would tell me bouncing me on her side. She would say, look, Mamita, there they are, the flying blackbird dinosaurs. So now I know your secret. Mommy told me long ago. Please don't be mad at me. I didn't make the Big Bang fire bombs end your time on Earth. Bye bye, blackbird. Love your hair, sneaky black and so shiny. You must share with me what you use for my own hair, so dry. That's it.
7: <laughs>
13: so.
11: Sorry. Sorry, it took us
0: a long time to unmute. That was awesome, Molly. Thank you so much. I love the grackles and I feel bad for the grackles too, even though I know their the problems are with them. But so thank you for the shout out to the flying rats of Travis Park. And
8: so
4: that's it. Are you ready to wrap?
0: Yeah this this has been a really amazing reading. I'm I'm so um, honored that you signed up to read um and that you shared your your genius and your talent and your beauty and your love for the birds and for the earth wherever whichever part of the planet you uh, reside in with us and with uh, everybody um in San Antonio and beyond. So Thank you, thank you, thank you, and um, come back tomorrow if you want to hear more, uh, more poetry, more words for birds. We'll be coming back at two p.m. tomorrow. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful evening.